Greetings and salutations and welcome to Recasted, the podcast that will marvel the senses and leave you pondering the nature of your very soul. Or we just recast an old movie. A depressing old movie. Uh, speaking of that, real life is something we tend to try to escape from when we go to the movies. But what happens when the movie is based on true life events? Mm. What? Well, then we get our current theme of movies based on true life events. Uh, but we use the term true as more of a fictional truth because, let's face it, they're real but completely fictional. Yes. With us on this episode, though, is the real-life man from that podcast, Hassa. Hello. And being grateful for living in a time of modern medicine, I am Chris. Because modern medicine. Modern medicine. Because I don't want to operate and be like, here's a few drops of ether. <laughs> that was terrifying. Uh, we've taken the liber some liberties when it comes to real-life films, uh, but we couldn't pass up the opportunity to not only watch another David Lynch film, uh, but one with Anthony Hopkins and John Hurt, who is completely unrecognizable. Yep. As we go about recasting The Elephant Man. Yes. Depressing. Depressing. <laughs> I think one of the reviews I was reading on IMDb was like, if you hate your life, watch this movie. <laughs> it does have pretty good reviews, though. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It is, um, it is really well done. Yes. This is the second Lynch film we've done? Yes, this is definitely... Better than Wild at Heart? <laughs> Wild at Heart. Oh my god, is this movie better than Wild at Heart? But this one I feel like is more tame for a Lynch film. I think I feel, out of, out of the Lynch films I've seen, and I have not seen a lot, I've only seen a few, mm -hmm. um, this is the least Lynchian mm. of the films that I've seen. Um, but it's a... It does have a 92 and 93% scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So it's a, a well-liked movie. And for good reason. This movie is remarkable. It looks beautiful. It's sh shot incredibly well. The acting is phenomenal. Though Anthony Hopkins does overact over a few scenes. Um, a little bit, but... Uh, but And it's just... It's just sad. And depressing. And it just makes you think about people as pieces of shit. <laughs> Because Jesus Christ, people are pieces of shit. That's the other podcast, remember? <laughs> Humans are assholes. Wasn't that the podcast we were going to make? I remember. This is going to be the crossover episode. Mm -hmm. Everybody sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the worst was like that, the Night Porter guy who you said isn't real, but still. Like, no. They, they, that I'm was sure there were people who treated the real John Merrick like that. By the way, his actual real name is Joseph Merrick. Yes, yes. Um, but yes. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. That was kind of that that time of the circus and, I mean, not the politically correct term anymore, but the circus freaks, mm -hmm. right? And like, that was the time of come see these spectacles of, of things. Like, D we're gonna Did you recognize one of the freaks? I oh, um... R2-D2? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember his name. Kenny Baker. Kenny Baker. Yeah. Yes. I like, saw him in passing. And I'm like, is that Kenny Baker? And then he turned up later. And yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's totally Kenny Baker. He's the guy that ends up taking him all the way to yeah. the, the ferry. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's just a rough watch. It's rough. And then just, it, it, for me, it makes you think like, you know, I'm grateful to be in the health I'm in mm -hmm. and not have issues but like 
you can't imagine the type of life that was. No. Right? Like, Especially in that era. But yeah. he did get to meet a princess. Did? Um, and hang out with the uh, theater stars. Yep. So. With, uh, high society. Mm-hmm. True. But, you know, but makes that Bare Naked Lady song a little bit more understandable now. I'm trying to remember it. Like, I have part of it stuck in my if head. If I had a million dollars, yeah. I'd buy John Merrick's remains. Yeah. All those crazy elephant bones. <laughs> well, because there's always that story of Michael Jackson having done it. Mm-hmm. And then somebody asked him. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like something I'd do. <laughs> yeah. um, but I believe his remains are... His remains are on display. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that might be one of the fun facts, but we'll get to that. Okay. So, yeah, this movie is depressing. <laughs> it's hard to watch. It's... Again, part of it is it is a fictional film about this person's life because his life was slightly different. Like, he wasn't just thrown into a carnival, right? He actually Mm -hmm. did go and, like, sought out a manager and was like, you need to put me on display or stuff like that. Like, um, and yeah, his, his connection to the, they call him Bites, I think, in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but his connection to his his person wasn't as like terrible. Apparently, he made money doing this. Like that yeah. was the thing. I'm sure, he did. But, this yeah. movie did win. This was nominated for quite a few Oscars: Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role from John Hurt, mm-hmm. uh, Best Director. This was one of his early Lynch films, wasn't it? So this that was, was pretty pretty big for him. Right after Eraserhead. Um, best writing, best art direction, best costume design, best film editing, best music. I wonder if this was before makeup effects. I will speak to that oh, in okay. my fun facts. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> I, I will, we will talk about that. I have a bunch of fun facts, so I he can get win, into them he now. He did win the BAFTA for best actor, John Hurt, yeah. for this. I don't think they won any of the Oscars, though. No, no, they were just nominated. Yeah. Um, I wonder who did the in the Oscars in 1981. Um, actor went to Robert De Niro for Raging Bull. Okay, yeah, you got to give him to that. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what were the other things? Best picture, costume design, best director went to Robert Fo- Robert Redford. Robert Ford. I almost said Robert Ford. <laughs> Robert, Robert Redford for Ordinary People. Mm-hmm. And film editing, original score, original score, best picture. Went to Ordinary People as well. It was up against Ordinary People, Raging Bull, Tess, and Coal Miner's Daughter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> La-di-da. All <laughs> movies I have not seen. <laughs> Except for this one. Except for this one. Oh, maybe Raging Bull. I think I'm... A black and white boxing movie? I think I've seen parts of it. Mm. Not the full thing. I would never say. Okay. Do you want some fun facts? <laughs> Because there's there so fun, many. Are there fun facts? There are some fun facts about this. So. Depressing facts with Chris. Depressing <laughs> facts. No, but there's a bunch that I think will lead into some conversation here. So, okay. If you did not know, this movie was executive produced by Mr. Mel Brooks. Yes. I who was responsible that. for the hiring writer and director David Lynch and obtaining permission to film in black and white. Because they didn't have permission at that point. Uh, he deliberately left his name off the credits as he knew that people would get the wrong idea about the movie if they saw his name on it, um, given his frame as a satir- or a satirist. Satirist? Satirist. As a side note, Mel Brooks had never heard of David Lynch up until this point, so he set up a screening of Lynch's Eraserhead, 
Brooks loved the film and after the screaming proclaimed to the young director, you're a madman. Uh, David Lynch was then hired as the director of the film and production was greenlit. You can just see Mel Brooks being like, you're a madman. And then walking away. Yeah. And David Lynch going, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it's a thing. That's I'm a thing. good. <laughs> so the Elephant Man makeup took seven to eight hours to apply each day and two hours to remove. Sir John Hurt would arrive at set at 5 a.m. and shoot from noon until 10 p.m. Because of the strain of the actor, he worked alternative days. Makeup artist Wally Schneiderman described it as one of the hardest pictures I've had to do. Everything was so precise. There were 14 pieces, not including the head. They had to be applied exactly the same every day for continuity. You couldn't afford to make a mistake. Which actually doesn't sound too bad, considering like some people... I mean, eight, seven to eight hours is a lot, though. Yeah, but it's not any more than... Like Hellboy. Oh, the Grinch took. Or Jim yeah, Carrey, like that. Or Mystique took forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, both versions. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's plenty of um, mm. examples out there of makeup taking up just yeah. a ton of time. But that's like a day of work and then a day of work. Yeah. <laughs> like that's. And you got to think for the actor too. Like you, you're sitting there for seven to eight hours doing nothing. Then you got to go out and do your job. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, like, 10 o'clock by the time you get home, then you got to be back in, like, four or five hours. Like, yeah, that'd, yeah. that'd be crap. Okay, following the death of the real, by the way, Joseph John Merrick, um, John, quotations, uh, part of his bodies were preserved for medical science to study. Some internal organs were kept in jars, and plaster casts were taken of his head, an arm, and a foot. Although the organs were destroyed by German air raids during World War II, way to go, uh, the cast survive and are kept at the London Hospital. Uh, the makeup for Sir John Hurt, who played Merrick in this movie, uh, was designed directly from those casts. That's pretty cool. That's why, like, if you look up pictures of yeah. Joseph Merrick, like, they look almost exactly the same as the, That's as the, the ones. film. Uh, so the real Merrick's London showman, who is Tom Norman, was not a brutal drunk like the fictional Bites. Norman was a well-respected showman and founder of the Temperance Society. He and Joseph Merrick were friends and business partners. Norman paid all of Merrick's expenses and split their earnings 50-50. In a few weeks, Joseph saved up 50 pounds, as much as a typical working family made in a whole year. Ever since uh, Travis, yeah, Travis, wrote his memoirs with the character of the cruel showman, the Norman family have been appalled. And Treves? Embar- Treves? Sorry, yes. Anthony Hopkins' character? Yes, <laughs> Treves. Uh, the Norman family have been appalled and embarked on a campaign to clear Tom Norman's good name. His granddaughter, Valerie, is 82 at the time of this being written and hopes to see the reputation restored before she passes away. Something we might be able to do. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, coming back to our Oscars. So at the time this film was released, special effects and makeup awards were not regularly given at the Academy Awards as they were not a frequent feature in films. When a film came along with impressive effects, a special achievement Oscar would be given instead. All three original Star Wars received their visual effects Oscars this way. This film was passed over for a special achievement Oscars in makeup effect, and the backlash led the Academy to create the category, making it an award given every year. Six Mm -hmm. years later, The Fly would win the award for Best Achievement in Makeup, which was a film also produced by Mel Brooks. I did not know. I did not know. (laughs) <laughs> Which is why it is a fun fact. So he he produced a Cronenberg and a Lynch. Yeah. Jesus. You know what, though? <laughs> it's Mel Brooks. You kind of think, like, 
man's got a good sense of uh, humor, but he's also a little twisted in himself. Mm-hmm. As a side note, because of how depressing this film was, I had to go watch Blazing Saddles. Just because? Just because. I had to cheer myself up. <laughs> I guess that's one way of doing it. Yeah, apparently there was a big backlash because this movie had great visual effects. Like, the makeup was yeah. really visuals. well done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they didn't have that category. And now you think like that is a staple of our film industry. Yeah, cost like um makeup effects and special effects. I still remember like when like the special effect Oscar was super new, they wouldn't give it to a certain I cannot remember the movie. But because they, they wouldn't they, give it to Tron. Was it Tron because they used computers and that was cheating? Yeah. So, for those that know, Tron was not eligible for special effects because they claimed it was a computer effect they were using, even though the majority of Tron is hand-painted. Yep. Like, Tron Tron was a ridiculous undertaking. Yeah. And, like, it it, should have done better, but, like, you can tell why it didn't do as well, because, like, that movie costs Disney so much money because it was just a ridiculous amount of work. Which was always sad because I did enjoy the se- the sequel yeah, they made, um, and I always wish they'd keep going with it, but yeah. not much. But yeah, Tron was the one that was ineligible one of the, one because of the best it was competitor. One of the best scores. Oh, Daft Punk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> boom! 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 <laughs> the okay. grid. Okay, but we're talking about the Elephant Man. Yes. Any um, any changes? So. Yes. I think this needs to... Because one of the criticisms of this is, like, it's really harsh on, on uh, Merrick and all the people around him were, like, like I said, the Night Porter is an ass. The mm-hmm. Bites is this asshole. And his story itself is a little different than it actually was shown here. So I kind of... If we're going to redo this movie, it's going to be recasted. I'm not taking the Lynch version of it and saying, here you go. You'd rather make a biopic? Of I'd Sam. rather make it a little bit more accurate mm-hmm. um, and have that, like, friendship with Bites. I mean, you can still create the tension there of, like, him going off to the hospital, I guess, yeah. with uh, the doctors and being like, okay, we're, you know, well, I've lost my, my income here, right? You can You can take some liberties, but I want them not to be like he's just this drunk that... And he never gets kidnapped from the hospital like that too, but he does get left somewhere. Yeah, he gets like I read that he like got in, robbed and left on the side of the road or something in, like, like that. Germany or something yeah. or like Europe. So like I I'd, I'd go that way and then show him trying to come back. Mm. Um, I'm, I wasn't. I would keep the night porter being an ass, but I know that never really happened. Yeah, I think you need to keep some of that if you if you want to take away the uh, bites Bite. being a dick thing. I think you, you've um, got to pull it back. Like you, you've got to be like he's not just this guy that randomly beats him, and yeah, you know he's just using him. Like he's got to be more of like a no, no, we're 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 partners. We're partners. Yeah. But then you got to have that friction with with um, Travis. Is it Travis? Treves. Treves. Why they I say just, his name all I the time. Know, but I can't. They I almost never call him Frederick. Okay, we call him Frederick. <laughs> Doctor Treves. Doctor Treves. With Treves, like I want that. I want that play between them where it's like, you're just using him from profit. You know, he's a person. We mm-hmm. need to treat him nice. And then I love that mother's head. Yeah. Comes. Yeah. It's her. Mother's that comes head. back. Yeah. And it says like, 
how are you doing anything different with yeah. all these and then high he's society like awake the night after he's yeah. just like and he has that me- yeah. moment and you just like, i like that too and i but i think it's like one of the one of the things i would fear about changing the story too much is the fact that you know you don't want to show his life as good because no. his life was clearly not good no matter what right and people did stare at him yeah in a negative way 100 percent. you're not going to take any of that and and i think like, out of it i think you have to have the night porter's character in there to show that mm-hmm. without it showing it from everyone and i think that would just make it too much i think yeah what i'm trying to get at is you'd have bites isn't like that like the way he's portrayed yeah but he's still putting him in these shows in, right? these, in the harm's way so you're right? still seeing yeah all of these people's reactions i think you do the story where yeah he goes to europe and gets robbed and gets a, pretty much abandoned there and then him having to come back. But, like, that's the struggle mm. of how does this guy come back and people do not want to, like, deal yeah. with him. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, not too, too much to change. I contemplated whether or not I wanted to keep this still black and white. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's... I think that's more of a Lynch. Yeah, I don't know if it adds feel. like too too much to the story. It would depend on whoever you chose as a director. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it just I think the way Lynch wanted this is he wanted it to look like a gothic. Oh, yeah. Like it almost felt like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah, he wanted it to seem horrific. Yeah, going yeah. like just walking down and mm-hmm. it's just like these beautiful scenes, but like yeah. it's just kind of yeah horrific. Yeah, I agree. Um, what was else I was going to do? Oh, um, I wanted to change up the, the relationship between Merrick and Treves just a little bit. Because, like, I get it. It's British stoicism and everything. Mm. But, like, they're always just so like, here, yes, yes, John. Oh, I'll see you later, John. And it's just <laughs> like, eh. And, like, the, the only, only emotion you ever get to see out of Treves is when they get him back. Mm-hmm. And he goes and hugs him. Yeah, and he looks he looks surprised, but like before that, even like they should like even if it's just them cutting to the room, you know, for Treves to go off and do something with um, his boss or something. Cargor, um, who I thought that was the one name until mm-hmm. I looked it up. <laughs> um, be like just like them going in and just being like them chuckling together or yeah. something like that, showing that they're actually friends and not just a doctor and a patient working yeah. on each other, right? So. Because let's face it, like, well, this was we also... know a lot of really funny British people. Yeah. Right? So. No, we don't. What are you talking about? There's no funny British people. There's no pythons or anything. What no, do you... none. None. <laughs> they're all, they're no, all Americans, no right? No Mr. Beans. No Stephen Fry's. Hugh Laurie. Yeah. God, there are a ton of funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I think that would be the only way I would change it that much. Like, I, I, I didn't read the thing about bites, but yeah, I, I would want it to be a little bit more accurate to real life. But I would also want whoever was writing the script to, to show that the general public, just looked at him as a he was thing. an oddity, and that's that. But the thing is, like, because I think the most powerful part of this movie is when he gets cornered in the bathroom and yeah, you know, I am not an animal. Yeah, um, which is a pretty famous scene. Yes. And I think that was like that's that's the point. He yeah. he sees the public as seeing him as 
this thing, this animal to look at and gawk at. And he's not. He's a human being and deserves the respect and treatment of, the, of and, such. And that's right. why one of, the, one of the scenes that I actually really enjoyed and I thought was done really well um, was when they're basically having the committee to discuss. And even Treves is sitting there and he's like, and he's got his hand in his head because he's that's right after he feels yeah, like, am, he feels I, like um, am, I, am I just using him and yeah. like putting him out but then you have I think it's uh, Princess Alexandra yeah Alexandra but when she comes in and sits down <laughs> and reads the liver <laughs> reads the li- but even trees when you looked at him he's like oh shit is this is this just because he's a show piece like it's almost yeah. like is it just because we are now being these like, hey, look at the this you know the, the new Carnival at, Parker. Yeah, look yeah. at this Merrick, and now we. But I mean, ultimately, it does. But, but it's not because like even then, like his life was even if in the real world, mm-hmm. like he wasn't uh, beaten and tuberculosis yeah. ridden and all that stuff. Like he was in the movie, but like even then, this life in the hospital where he could sit and do art yeah. and go to the theater was much better than traveling and being yeah. gawked at, right? Even if he had to occasionally stand in front of a room full of men completely naked. <laughs> at least we didn't get to see that. <laughs> Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> You'll note that the genitalia are perfectly normal. No, I don't want to note that. I don't want to see anything. I'm good. Yeah, I'm glad we only had to see his back once. It's like that uh, was you see it twice. You only see it for a quick second when you first see him, but then it's at the bat. It's in the it's in the freak show in Paris, so you really see it. Yeah, and it was like, oh. Um, I didn't, I didn't have it in the facts. Um, but they, I mean, it's still technically inconclusive what he had. Yes, um, I saw that. That this, but they've they've narrowed it down to I think it's a mixture of like two either genetic diseases yeah. and. Well, so one of the things that they they talked about because I, I read some of the stuff on the actual person. Yeah. Is, they obviously didn't have the tools and stuff back then to properly figure out what he was, mm-hmm. but by the time we had the tools and everything, the organs were as you said were gone. The organs were destroyed, and they and, bleached the bones. And the, the bones had been bleached so many times to clean them and everything that all the information had been wiped clean, yeah. and they couldn't really do anything they, they proper. Still, I mean, they've still done studies on him. Yeah. Um, well, he's an um, an oddity. No. Right. Like we know that. Def- deformations happen all the time with people and kids mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, shit. Yeah. Freya, yeah. to a small degree, had one. Um, we've had surgeries for her it's because just, of it. It's one of those. It's just. It's one of those crazy things when you think about like, and it was always that that weirdly enough that conversation in X Men, yeah. where it's like, dude, if your chromosome or your gene was one off, you would have been normal. Mm-hmm. Instead, you can fly. I don't see a problem here. <laughs> no. Um, no, there's... Uh, sorry, weird side cap. There's this one, I think, run in Ultimate X-Men where Wolverine has to go out and kill a kid because his mutation is basically he's emitting a radiation so powerful it's destroying everything around him. Mm-hmm. So he like kills all his, all his family and everything because he's just... just he's just radioactive. And oop, right. just keeps going. So they send Wolverine off to like off him. Mm-hmm. Because Wolverine can heal as yeah. he's being bombarded, but yeah. it's like that's one of the things he says. He's like, you know, if it was one or two genetic whatever things to the right or left, 
you would have been probably perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. See, Humans are weird. Well, that's what also what was super sad about this movie and why we said it was so depressing. It was just like, even if his life wasn't, you know, beatings Super turmoil, terrible, but it was still it was, harsh. It was a hard life because of this well, was the only, life you had to live. And he only lived till, I think, 28? I don't remember. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think I looked it up because I needed... I found somebody in that kind of 20s range that I felt, but like... He didn't live very long. And yes, he, he did pass because I think they wrote it down as either asphyxiation or... Six, 62 to 90. Yeah, so he was so only 28. 28, yeah. 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 August uh, 5th of 1862 to April 11th, 1890. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. This is depressing. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go. Mel Brooks produced this. Mel let's Brooks. talk about Mel Brooks. Well, we can't. So one of the things I, I, I found interesting when I was looking through the cast list yeah. was Bites' boy. Who yeah. was played by Dexter Fletcher, who is an actor you have actually seen and know about. Like, you, he's a, a British character actor, and you've definitely seen him before, whether or not you you know it or not. Like, I could name a bunch of movies. Like, he was, I think he directed Rocket Man. Yeah, he directed Rocket Man. Um, like the, the Rocket Man? Oh no, I'm thinking of the Rocketeer. No, no, Rocket Man. The um, the Elton John. The Elton John oh, thing. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's been in so many so many different things as like this small part and things like that and. Um, it was just weird when I saw that. I'm like, Jesus. Like, he was a kid kid when he did this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, other than that, I guess he was in, like, Kick-Ass and stuff like that. Um, the only other person, like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know. But Kenny Baker was in it. Yeah, Kenny Baker was We're in it. We are talking about Mel Brooks, and then you started talking about his, yeah. the boy, and then. Well, let's go to the cast, because I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, all right. Um, Dexter, should we go over? Sorry, I'm looking up Dexter Fletcher, by the way. Okay. Because he's in like Eddie. Oh yeah, he did Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, Rockin' Man, Eddie the Eagle. I mean, he's done. Yeah. So, what is David Lynch known for? <laughs> um, Holland Drive. Their, I need to change their thing. It's a little harder to read now. Oh. Uh, Holland Drive, yes. Twin Peaks, yes. Um. More than one Twin Peaks, or is it just more twin than one Twin Peaks? Uh, whatever that fire walk blah, blah. with me, yeah. And yeah. then something called Inland Empire. Nope, I wouldn't know that one. Yeah. So. Wild at Heart. <laughs> no. Is he not known for Wild at Heart? Thank God. That piece of trash movie that was. <laughs> Nicholas Cage was in that movie, and Laura Dern. So. And he wore a snakeskin jacket <laughs> because it represented his individuality and. <laughs> <sighs> Okay. Oh, jeez. Let's start at the bottom. Mrs. Treves, um, played by, originally played by Hannah Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to ask you about about these people. Uh, not until we get to like the top two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she is also she is known for this as well as Watership Down. Wow. Um, yeah, and then Maid of Honor, where she was Colin's mom. Is um, Anthony Hopkins in Watership Down? I have no idea. I don't. I never seen Watership Down. Neither have I, but I thought I read something that uh, he was in it too. John Hurt is. Oh, or maybe it's John Hurt. Yeah. I remember somebody else was in it, and that's 
or there was a connection me first you first who Uh, first let's go with you first me first um this is a relatively small role but i still picked somebody that's well part of part of my changes is i'm i'm going to expand all all, a lot of the conversations and stuff that merrick has with other people and stuff like that and this includes Treves and his wife and like how he spends time at their home and he even has a picture from their house on his wall when he dies or at the end of the movie we don't know if that's stuff yeah um I went with Rachel Weiss. 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 Rachel Weiss. Yes. Mm. Weiss. The, the best librarian of all time. Yep. <laughs> so good. Um, but she plays, she's done um, period pieces before, like in the past. And, well, yeah. The Mummy. <laughs> the mummy. <laughs> I wouldn't really call it a period piece. That's well, an action piece. Yeah, but, but it was still in a period. It's true. It's not all it's movies not are. modern. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, there was there was the mom movies. There was Constant Gardener. She's done a lot of uh, movies in the past. Mm. Yeah. You know, Constantine. Not in the past. <laughs> I think she'd be in the sequel. I don't know. They keep talking about making the sequel. It'd be interesting. Would the sequel be part of the DCEU? Uh, <laughs> um, and what does that look like with James Gunn in charge now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But Rachel, Rachel Weiss. 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 You know, she's married to Daniel Craig. Is she really? Yeah. Yeah. Good for, for a her. long time now. I have not known that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's who I went with. Who'd you go with? I went with another amazing um, British actress, mm-hmm. Roseman Pike. Nice. One of the worst Bond girls of all time. <laughs> Christmas Jones. I said one of the worst. <laughs> Christmas Jones. Her name was Christmas. There was one in the original whose name was Sylvia Trench. Yeah, that's fine. Sylvia. <laughs> not Octopussy? No, like, that's fine. That's Pussy clever. Galore? Those are clever names. Those are not talking. clever names. <laughs> Christmas comes early. My God, what's wrong with this movie? <laughs> Uh, Roseman Pike. Yeah, Roseman Pike. She's she's so good. She's in one of my favorite uh, Fincher films. She is in one of my favorite Edgar Wright films. Um, so she's yeah, I like mm-hmm. her a lot. So huh? Roseman Pike. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mrs. Kendall, the actress. The actor played by Anne Bancroft. The name other... I'm familiar with. But yes, I, I am as well. Cannot. <laughs> she's Mrs. Robinson. Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. That's the one. Um, she was, yeah. She's known for the Graduate. She's known for the Miracle Worker, um, the Turning Point, and Great Expectations with Gwyneth oh, yeah. Paltrow. But yes, she is Mrs. Robinson. I would explain it. Yeah. yeah. You're up. I am up. Sorry, I was looking at the thing she was in. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, this woman was supposed to be a little bit. I don't know. I picked kind of people around the same age, but are a little bit older, uh, but an actress. So I picked Diane Kruger. Do you remember her? Um, she was the German actress in Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Um, I really liked her in that. She's been in other things I've seen her in, but nothing is, is hitting the top of my brain right now. Um, but I mostly just picked her for what she played in Inglorious Bastards, because mm-hmm. that was an amazing section of the film. And Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just like that movie a lot. Three. <laughs> yes. 
three with the thumb. Put the thumb out. Yeah. God, that's a great, great movie. Yeah. All right. Who would you have? So because this is like the stage actress, I, I actually picked somebody that has been on stage, but also does acting and whatnot. Um, and I'm going to butcher the name just like John Travolta. Edina Menzel. Menzel? Yeah. Edina. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about, though, yes. right? Yes. So um, Elsa. Elsa. Um, she does voice work, and mm-hmm. she's in what? What was that one with? <sighs> Another Disney one. Um, but she was um, a Broadway. She was yeah. in. Um, she was Alphaba, I believe, in uh, Wicked, yeah. for the longest time. I think she was on there. So. Um, Good book, bad play. <laughs> <laughs> Each their own. Never saw the play, but. I wanted somebody that had that kind of like stage presence and somebody that has been on stage and was kind of known as a stage actress and into film too, of course. Um, so yeah, I went with her. Edina. Yeah. I like that idea. And plus, you know, it's always that uh, John Travolta who just butchered her name at the Oscars that one year. Yeah, that was weird. You would think they would, you know, have it phonetically spelt out. He was probably stoned probably. or drunk or something. Okay. Next is our night porter, Michael Elf, Elfick. Yeah. Michael Elfick. Elfick. Yeah. Uh, known Elfic. for this movie, uh, within with Nail and I, the element of crime and Glory Park. Nope, Gorky Park. Oh, Gorky Park. Yeah. Down to Gorky Park. He was. Uh, he died in two thousand and two at the age of fifty five. Ooh. Something. Mm. He died tragically at the early age of 55. He had been ill health for some years, caused by a long-running battle with alcohol, mm. uh, which was exacerbated by the early death of his partner of many years. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. He was in Roman Polanski's Pirates. Let's not talk about Roman <laughs> Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so Night Porter. Night Porter. So this is the the asshole, the this guy who the asshole tormented him and hospital. used him as a sideshow. I like that when uh, Treves goes and like confronts him and like mm-hmm. he's like, no, no, no. he's like, come at me, bro. That's the overacting I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> but like, yeah, Mother's Head's the only one who could suck me now. Boom. <laughs> You're sucked. <laughs> I literally hit you with this. Did you get the joke? Yes, yes, I got it. <laughs> Ha! <laughs> we need to write this down. It's going to be in a movie one day. What's a movie? Shut up. Um, okay, so um, Night Porter is kind of the douche. I don't know if I'd go to quite the extremes this movie did with him, but still, he has to be the antagonist because otherwise, the, yeah, um, he has to be the the face of the the mob. It's got to be the face of yeah. The dark side of humanity yeah. in this in this situation. Um, I went with Finn Jones. Okay. Iron Fist. Yes, I know. I got <laughs> I got there. Yeah. Um, has he done anything since Iron Fist? <laughs> uh, no, I, let's look this up while we're talking. But um, he was on. I think he was on uh, Game of Thrones at one point too. He was. Yes. Um. So he, every British person was in Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> not it's not that he's terrible. No, he has been on stuff since then. Okay. Um, actually, in quite a few things. But Iron Fist was he, in it was just a, It was just a bad interpretation of the character. Yeah, he was just he was not a great. It was not his fault. It was not his fault. Um, and he's a good actor to some degree. He just did not play mm. it very well. 
I don't know. They did something weird with it. But he kind of has this look of like, I don't want to say an ass, but he can kind of play that like down on himself and then like, oh, hey, this is how I can get money quick. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to brutalize this guy and, and be like, hey, everybody come give me money. Yeah, Finn Jones. Okay. Come on, Iron Fist, Danny Rand. Yeah. <sighs> the only one that made it out of that was Charlie Cox. So far. But we want to see Jessica Jones. Yes. I wouldn't mind seeing Power Man. I liked uh, whatever that actor's Luke Cage. Name. Yeah, did with that role. Yeah, the only one that really struggled was Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's yours? I went with another superhero. Oh. Yeah, but from a very different franchise. Uh, I went with someone who I wanted to look, who I knew could look skeezy and like mm-hmm. down on their luck and had the same kind of like, not the right accent because it's London, mm-hmm. but I went with uh, Robert Sheehan. Yeah, Klaus. Yeah, Klaus. I almost thought of going with him, but I'm like, I use him often for this kind of role. So I was like, you know. But the thing is, like, the thing I like about Klaus the most is the fact that he's not actually a bad person. Oh, no. He's using his drug and alcohol abuse as a way of drowning out what his powers are. Um, But, and I think this would be a fun departure from what we know as Klaus is this fun-loving, like, weirdo. I've died 47 times? (laughs) And then he, the, the flashbacks of all the time he like fell off a building yeah. and it's like oh yeah he's like how did you not realize this class? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. but uh remember that is that show gonna come back or are they just did they finish it I don't know uh, I did not like how that show ended but whatever yeah. uh close yeah so yeah I, I wanted this person who could who could play this kind of greasy skeezy shitty human being and yeah. I think Sheen can do that. It's always, it's always funny when we, when you have to pick somebody who is mm-hmm. like gonna be the asshole, and you're like, I feel bad because I don't want to pick an actor and just be like, you're gonna be the asshole, but you know you have to pick an actor but to do it. But the thing is, actors who are good at playing assholes, yeah, are good actors. Yes, right. Like you don't. It's you, easy to play the nice, happy-go-lucky, but it's hard to play. If you are an asshole yeah. and an actor, you don't get a lot of work. No. Right? Like, case in point, Edward Norton. Yeah. <laughs> right? Very good actor, but an asshole. And no one really wants to work with him. He doesn't get a lot of working roles anymore. But, like, even Tom Cruise has played assholes. Yeah. Like, Ethan Hunt's not a nice person most of the time. Um, you know. Well, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, but people love working with Tom Cruise because <laughs> he's not an asshole. <laughs> so, just kind of a weird guy. Yeah. Okay. Mother's head. Next, Mother's head are um, head of the nurses. Yeah, our, our head nurse. I don't, I'm wondering if Mother's head was like a title. I I always assumed it was. Yeah. Um. Because they never really give her a name, and I, I highly doubt she was mother's head mm. the whole time um i do i don't know if i recognize her mm. she is in the original murder on the orient express mm. um a man for all seasons um pygmalion and separate tables she was the original eliza doolittle in 1938 mm. so yeah no i don't i don't really recognize any of the 
any of the stuff. I right. thought I would, but maybe it's something I've seen. Maybe. Hmm. Could have just been the way that... She was 90 when she passed. Yeah, better than the 55. Yeah. Really? Is that, is that how age works? <laughs> uh, oh, I guess it's me. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, you're up. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Um, so this is a little little different, but um, I went with someone who's not actually British for this role. Oh, okay. Just because I went with somebody who I know can be that like very motherly figure. Because I've seen her do it many, many times. I went with Sally Field. You know, I can see it. The, the second best Aunt May. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> There's only been three, unless you count Lily Tomlin. Yeah. We'll she see. Was, she was an Aunt May. Yeah. She was just an animated Aunt May. They still uh, count. <laughs> but yeah, like... Except uh, why was Aunt May always so old? <laughs> I like how they're always like, oh, they de-aged Aunt May with... Um, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei, and they're like... Marissa Tomei is still pretty old. <laughs> also, she just looks really good. It's also, she's an aunt, not grandma. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. She should be like in her 40s. Why, why, is, why is your dad's sister 40 old. years older than your dad? <laughs> I never understood that, yeah. but whatever. Yeah, Sally Field. Yeah, Sally Field. She's, she's always really good. She, like, she was really, really good as Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just... I've seen her in quite a few roles as this motherly figure and like she's always feisty and I think mm-hmm. the fact that she's she's small and it helps and everything like that. So, yeah, I really like Sally Field and I mm-hmm. never used her before. So, Sally Field. I went different. Yeah, that's fine. Not different. I, I went, went different. I went, you went different. I went British. Um, I went with Julie Walters. Best, best known as Mrs. Weasley. Ah. So the mother. Didn't you use her recently? I don't think so. Have I? Let's see. Let's play the the guessing game. I have not used her at all. She's not in any of my lists. Weird. Maybe Danielle? Maybe we talked about her in a movie? Maybe. Maybe she was in one of the movies you watched? I don't know. She could have been. No, I'm... I don't have her down in my list. Yeah, that's fine. So it's been at least a year since I've used her. Yes, yes. Um, but kind of the same thing, right? She's... Uh, I wanted somebody that was going to be a little bit motherly, but mm. strict. Yeah. And I think, of course, you're not going to have Mrs. Weasley. You're going to have this completely different character. But Julie Walters can play that. Like, she can play that strict. Oh, yeah. And I like the idea of that she's quite a shorter lady and... Mm-hmm. You know, but people respect her as like the head of the nurses, right? Yeah. And so, but yeah, Julie Walters sounds good. Maybe we were talking about Jennifer Walters. No, I just maybe <laughs> if she, I, I'm guessing it was she was in a movie we we had recently done. Um. So. Yeah. Next on the list. Next on the list. Cargom. Cargom. Uh, played by John Gilgood. Uh, Dr. Treves, if I could see you for a moment. Uh, just a moment. No, no, come here. No, we can't have that. No. I loved how he was hiding the plate, and he's like, nurse, just take this up to the boy, the man in the... He's like, oh, shit, he knows. I like how he, like, put it behind his back, yeah. like, several times, and then, like, just couldn't figure out what he was going to do with yeah. it. So, what is this man known for? 
Oh, I don't know. He is known for Arthur. Like he the is, original Arthur? Yes, from 81. Okay. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express as well. Uh, Julius Caesar. As Cassius. And Shine. He did look familiar. Every time I looked at him, I'm like, I know them. I know that guy, but I couldn't see anything on his list that I would be like, oh yeah, it's mm, him. Merlin, so. 1998. Yeah, but I wouldn't really recognize yeah. Dragonheart. Yeah, I King know, but Arthur. Like, but I don't remember King Arthur from Dragonheart. Mm, he was in when they go to that. I know, but it was like a short little yeah, flash yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. He was in First Night. Yes. So he's kind of like those... He's a British guy. He's a British guy. He was in all those things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm up. Yes. Uh, I did want to talk about him a little bit, though. Okay, the character. Like um, part of this character, too, is like I liked the fact that he had Treves' back. Yes. Like, he, there was no conflict. He thought there was going to be, and then there wasn't really any. Well, it starts uh, off, he, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's he, way to go, Treves. You just taught him how to say these things. And then when they realize, well, no, he's actually... Intel- he has intelligence. Which, by the way, um, Joseph Merrick was extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. It was just his ability to communicate actually was what they way show in this. this. Yeah, thing. like, they, it was very hard to understand. Those that knew him very well, like Treves... Um, could understand and mm-hmm. would interpret, but like, yeah, he didn't speak. But that was mainly due to the deformities in the face, right? Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Who did you have? Um, <laughs> speaking of bonds, I went with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Good old Pierce Brosnan. You know, proper. Well, he's a Welshman, but <laughs> Welshman? He's Wales. Uh, no, he's Irish. Irish. Yeah. I think Welsh. Oh shit, he's gonna kill me for saying that. <laughs> Irish, um, but Pierce Brosnan is a, you know, plays that up like high class guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what we loved about Bond. He was very action, but like Pierce Brosnan is also up there in age. Yes, um, and I think just having him as the head of this this um, hospital. Mark, I was gonna say house. I'm like, it's not a house. It's a hospital. Mm-hmm. And just being that kind of in a position of power, like he can hold that really well. So mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan. I like it. Yeah. Good job. Pierce. Good old Pierce. Good old Pierce. One of the best and worst Bonds of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually agree with you on that. <laughs> First two movies, pretty good. GoldenEye, the best. Kind of downhill from there. And after that, <laughs> why are you windsurfing on a giant wave created by a satellite? What is happening? That reflects the sun. <laughs> What is happening? Why is Madonna in this movie? Why is your villain a white North Korean? <laughs> Who'd you have? <laughs> Who's your car? Um, speaking of really good British actors, mm. um, I picked uh, Gary Oldman for this. Nice. Yeah. Um, I don't... Because, again, we don't do a lot of movies where it's got a older people cast right mm-hmm. so like this was one of those those rare occasions where you don't have to pick somebody in their 30s um but yeah he is one of the best living actors mm-hmm. in my opinion um he's a very good character actor yeah he he has lost himself in so many roles over the years um i still remember everyone getting mad that he was cast in prisoner of azkaban 
because they're like, I thought this was supposed to be an old British cast, and they're like, he is British, and they're like, no, he's not. <laughs> Gary Oldman's not British. Wait a second. <laughs> and even to that, even to that point, Gary Oldman has come out in interviews and said, like, I don't even remember what my original accent is anymore because no. I've, I've said had so many different accents over the years that, you know, right, well, just yeah. loses himself in different yeah. roles, right? Yeah. And he's everybody, just, everybody, yeah. That's a great one. Ah, but his role as Sirius Black was cut was too great. short. Yeah, it was a dumb death. They needed more. Um, yeah, Sirius Black was great, and uh, Zorg, one of the best sci-fi villains of Who all time, never meets the, <laughs> never the protagonist. Meets never meets <laughs> Bruce Willis. Yeah, and you're like, no, that's not true. Wait, yeah, wait, <laughs> no, they never meet. Yeah. He meets the priest, but he doesn't meet. Yeah, yeah. God, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Dracula. Dracula. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like Gary Oldman. Yeah. Okay. Next. John Merrick. Are we not doing bites? I didn't put bites on my list. Oh, did you not? No. Oh, shit. Is that why I thought you did? No, I, I thought bites' part was too small in the movie to recast. Mm, no, you did not. Okay. Did Whatever. you do bites? I did. Oh, well, go ahead. Do your bites. Uh, well, bites says uh, I, I put Michael Sheen in here. As in? Michael Sheen. Okay. Sorry. Who did you think? I don't know. <laughs> Who are you thinking uh, of? Speaking of Tron. <laughs> speaking of Tron, yeah. Um, Aziraphale. Yeah. Aziraphale? Aziraphale. Yeah. But yeah, no, I put Michael Sheen in here because, again, I didn't want the drunken showman, mm. blah, 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 but I wanted the and guy see, that's... that's why I didn't want to cast him because I didn't read that little, yeah. that little tidbit. I didn't want to cast this terrible like i was already casting one yeah. terrible human being i didn't want to cast no and that's two. why i went with michael sheen because i feel like he'd be able to do the showman part mm. part wow port i can't i've been drinking it's fine he can do <laughs> the showman goes yeah, straight to your head part but he can also do the no we're friends and partners right mm-hmm. like and he he plays so many different roles so well yeah. so yes michael sheen okay can't, can't wait for a season two of good omens yes oh those two are just fun to watch when yeah. they're that show i don't i haven't seen the full show but that show they they do oh if i was like you haven't seen all of good omens because no. that's that show that they do like as in like a, yeah their podcast or whatever it is yeah i've only ever seen clips but it's so funny okay john hurt oh my gosh <laughs> aliens does he know for alien he is known for Alien. Good Sorry. job. I always, I always job threw the S on yourself. there. Yeah. Alien. Yeah. John Hurt has died in so many things. The War Doctor. No. That was most recent ones. Um, oh God, I can't even. So, Midnight Express. No. The Elephant Man. Yeah, okay. Alien and 1984. I would have gotten one of those, which I did. Yeah. Um, should I look up how many times John Hurt has died on film? I'm pretty sure he holds a record for that. I think so, too. I think it's him that actually holds the record for how many times John Hurt has died on film. <laughs> he holds the record for how many times John Hurt has died? Yeah. John Hurt <laughs> holds the record for the number of times John Hurt has died on film. Uh, the ten actors who have died the most on screen. Sean Bond? Oh, they started at the bottom of the list. Boo! Um, I don't like when they do that. I think it's something like 153, but I don't. Sorry, that was a bad list. That was a bad list. Just look up how many times John Hurt died. I am, I am. Which, by the way, 
Speaking of, John Hurt did pass away in 2017 at the he age did, of 77. That was quite sad. That was yeah. very sad. Um, but dude was in a lot of. He has 437 titles to his name. Yes. 213 as an actor. Um, just a remarkable guy, though. He does not have the most. No. No, not anywhere near. I thought it was John Hurt, but. Um. So. According to IMDb, okay, Sean Bean, Sean Bon has twenty five. John Hurt has forty three. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee has seventy. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Lee did play <laughs> a lot of roles. Um, Dennis Hopper has forty eight. Yeah. Um, Lance Hendrickson has forty one. Boris Karloff has forty two. Lance Hendrickson, though, has one of the trifectas of death. He does. Yes. Him and... Uh, uh, Bill Pullman. Paxton. Paxton. Yeah. So, yeah. Killed, killed by all three. John, oh, yeah. John Hurt is such an amazing actor. It is so much fun seeing him show up in different things. Him and Alien, even though it's a short-lived role, it's just Alien, remarkable. Um, v for Vendetta as the... Asshole, yeah, prime minister, him and yeah. Harry Potter, Ollivander, yeah, um, father from mm. the original Hellboy movies, yeah, um, Professor Bloom, I guess would be his actual name, but yeah, I absolutely love John Hurt. It was a shame that he had to die because you know, age sucks. He was 77, <laughs> so we did get him for a number know, of years, I know, I know, but it still sucks. Um, so yeah. I, I guess I'm up still because. Yeah. I was going to be up anyways. Yes. Um, who played? Oh, yeah. We were talking. John John, John Hurt. Hurt played. Yeah, I was like, played John we Hurt. got lost in John Hurt that I couldn't remember why we were talking about him. Yeah. So, Joseph Merrick or John Merrick, depending on how you want to pronounce it. It was originally Joseph, so I'm going to stick with Joseph. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this one's hard. Because it, it was hard to tell it was John Hurt in there. It was almost impossible. Yep. Unless, like, there's a ki- <clears throat> there's a couple times you pick up. But only because you know his voice. Yes. Um, for me, it's more about because it's such a practical, heavy effect. I wanted somebody that could at least has gone through a bunch of practical, like, special effects. Um, so I went with Nicholas Holt. Okay. Because of his role as Beast. Beast, yeah. Right? So he's used to... Not used to it. I mean, they probably CGI'd a lot of him, too, but they did do a lot of yeah. practical. He's in that 20-age range. So, I mean, this is a role where, and I think he could play off the the human side of, of Merrick really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, someone Nicholas Holt. Okay. I think he's a good actor, and I think he would be able to pull through all the special effects yeah um but it was so hard to choose somebody well the thing is like for me i didn't choose anybody like that i didn't choose someone for their age or anything like that Mm -hmm. i chose someone for their voice and the way they speak and all that stuff because um and like the physicality of how they act Mm -hmm. whereas because that's more important to me to this Mm -hmm. part because of the fact you're buried in makeup um and so i didn't go for someone who's I went with um, Andrew Scott. Uh, He played Moriarty in the um, Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes series, as well as um, the bad guy in Spectre. Yes, in the Daniel Craig Bond film and 
he's in Fleabag and all that stuff. But yeah, it's it's the way mostly because of how he portrayed Moriarty because of the the way he was able to project his voice and then the the way he was able to go between different ways of of physically moving his body and acting and stuff like that. Like hmm. it was hard for me not to pick like a suit person. Yeah. To do this like not that I would have because he's way too tall and skinny, but Doug Jones, just because of the physicality performance, would have been remarkable. But well, it, it's, like Andy Circus, yeah, Andy Circus would have been just as good. Was like, one of the ones, but I just went. I I felt like he was just a little old hmm. to be playing. Like I know with Merrick, it's like his speech isn't really. Yeah. In, uh, it's so, basically I, eyes and a corner yeah. of the mouth. But I was for me, it was just more of looking for somebody in this age range to be like, okay, imagine. With all the special makeup, like this is you. Sorry, <laughs> like what right? was that? <laughs> Boom! Like this, this is what you're going through, right? And yeah. How, how, as a younger person, you would act compared to like mm-hmm. an older. But yeah, like I get what you mean. Like Doug Jones, Andy Serkis, like these people that do. Yeah. Suit this, acting. Yeah. Because like, if you really wanted to do it, like, if you wanted to do it like differently and weird, like you would probably just get an actress to do or actor to do a voice. And mm-hmm. then you get a suit performer to do, perform the suit. Um, you probably, and that's to be honest, probably that, how they would. Yeah, but I think it'd be beneficial for the part for the mm-hmm. actor to be in the suit, yeah. um, just because then you get the the restrictions that cause and all yeah. that stuff. You get a more a little bit more into the character and stuff like that. So I agree. Yeah, good choice. Thank you. Shall we talk about? Sir Anthony Hopkins. I guess Tony John Hurts. Ho- Tony Hopkins. I guess John Hurts is Sir as well, isn't he? He's a Sir. Yeah, Sir John Hurts. Anthony Hopkins. Tony. Tony Hopkins. Tony. Ugh. It's so weird. Oh, Odin. About. Odin. So what is he known for? Well, um, Silence of the Lambs. Correct. Better be on there. He's known for two parts where he would play Hannibal Lecter. Uh, I was gonna say Red Dragon, but I don't think that's it. It's the other one. Um, Hannibal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, something called the world's fastest Indian, which I think is about is it's about, about a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, and then Hitchcock, where he played Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah. He's not known for Odin from Thor. He is not known for being Thor, no, or for being Odin. <laughs> Sorry. He's known for Odin, not yeah. Thor. Yeah. Oh, father! Oh, shit! <laughs> Thor, my son. <laughs> he played that so well. Yes, I love that part. <laughs> Yes, but yeah, he's a great, great, great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm glad he's still with us. Yeah. Um, I don't think he does much though. He has been in quite a bit lately, actually. Is he? Um, one, two, three movies in 2022 alone. Hmm. Uh, Armageddon Time, which is coming out soon. Something called Zero Contact and The Sun, which mm-hmm. I think is a sequel to The Father, which he was in in 2020. Okay. Yeah. So and then they're gonna do the brother, and then the grandson. The father was about uh, about a man dying of Alzheimer's. How foolish do you feel now? Nope, still gonna <laughs> roll, roll with my joke. Yeah, and apparently darkest sketch in history. <laughs> darkest sketch. Darkest <laughs> sketch. Um, apparently, it's just filmed really well because it, like it's filmed from his perspective. Yeah. So like he'll be halfway through a conversation and then the people will change, and he won't know why, and the audience doesn't know why because. Mm-hmm. Film through his perspective, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right, who are you having replace 
Sir um, Anthony Hopkins. So I wanted to go with somebody who could be a sophisticated British man. Ooh. Um, so I picked a person who has been playing the lowest of low gangsters on British television for a while now. And I picked this Killian Murphy. Um, his role in Peaky Blinders as this dastardly mm-hmm. uh, gangster of British crime um, is part of why I picked him, actually. Um, because of the fact that I know he is a very, very talented actor. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that he is able to do that and also things like Dr. Crane uh, from the yeah, from the, from the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Did he show up in the third one? Yeah, he was the judge in the kangaroo court. Uh, yeah. Where they put the cops out on the ice. Yeah. He was in every single one. He was him and uh, Christian Bale and I guess Gary Oldman. Mm. Uh, yeah. But no, he's, he's just a remarkable, remarkable actor and I love seeing him and stuff. Um, I haven't caught up on PG Blinders, but I really should. So, mm. yeah. Who did you have? I I went a little different. I wanted somebody that was going to show them, like show the, I'm very inquisitive side, but also the human side of it too. Um, so I went with Jude Law. You know, I, I almost I, picked him. I went because of Albus, mm-hmm. the way he played Dumbledore in the new one, in the newer ones. I mean, not a great Dumbledore. For the story, doesn't make sense. Not a great story. But I like the way he played it. I like that kind of playfulness he had with Newton, how he, like, he's a very intelligent man. And Jude Law is also a very good actor. Mm. Um, Miss Marvel, isn't he? Not the greatest ones, but whatever. He was good Watson. Yeah. Yep, to uh, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock. Mm -hmm. But, like, he plays great roles. And I think just the way he would play this, I'm fascinated by this man. And then develop a friendship and then like have that kind of break where it's like, am I doing the same thing that like the showmen are doing? Whereas I'm using Merrick to better myself. Mm. So yeah, Jude Law. Yeah, I like it. Well, mm. that was a uh, elephant man. That was the elephant man. So depressing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I will give it this. I mean, every so often you do need to watch these types of movies because then you better appreciate your life. You realize you're not in. Well, it also lets you know that there are these people like this who existed. Yeah. And like that's that's an important part as uh, well. I mean, come on. TCL, TCL. TLC has made a living off of these people. Yeah. True. <laughs> 100%, by the way, I totally thought, what if I modernize this? <laughs> No longer made it about the original Joseph Merrick, and this was all about like somebody on this TLC. person on one of these stupid shows and on the Learning Channel. Yeah, the Learning Channel, where we have all these shows, Doctor Pimple Popper. <laughs> but no, I mean these are we've talked about this before. This is a real life event, and you don't want to yeah. remove the story too far. No, definitely not. So. All right, I think we have one more uh, real life. One more, I don't hopefully actually... one that's a little bit uh, more entertaining. Not, mm-hmm. not, not entertaining. Um, less depressing. How about that? Uh, I actually do not remember what it is. So I do. Ha ha! Ah, reversal of last week. <laughs> oh, yep. Um, well, where can they find us? Uh, Let's you start guys there. Can find us on all podcast networks. We're here. Please. Uh, Please interact with us if you do listen to the show. We'd like to hear from you. 
Mm-hmm. We we do this as much as we possibly can, and it's a lot of fun. And it'd be nice if some people listen to us. <laughs> people do listen. Yes, we have looked we, this we, up. We by can the see way. that people do download and do listen. So we know you two of you are out there, but um, somewhere in the world. But uh, it'd be nice if you contacted us, mm-hmm. or at least like re- reviewed one of our podcasts. Maybe you mm-hmm. would show up and just be like, "You guys need better theme music. <laughs> you need theme music, <laughs> and you need to sound better." And your picks suck. <laughs> wow, this guy really hates us. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, I wrote that. That was me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. And uh, Chris, where can they find you? Well, uh, typically you can find me on Etsy at the Canuck Comic Guy store. It is currently closed due to, well, not closed. It's on vacation mode due to various reasons of moving and whatnot and trying to sell. So. Um, it will be back up in 2023, so come back and check us out. Uh, we will hopefully upgrade and update and add some more stuff and come check out all your comic book nerdy needs and tables and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So, one more. We got one, one more. One more, and then December. December. Yay. <laughs> End of the year. All right. From all of us here at Recasted, go watch... Amadeus.